Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Ronnie Yours Podcast. I am Ronnie Yours. I am happy to be podcasting with you today. Um, today's podcast is going to be who should be the next leader of the United States. Yes, I'm going to touch on this topic because I think it's very befitting with all the things that have just recently happened with um, Oprah winning the award and kind of the whole rumors, I'm going to say at this point, that she may run for office, um, as well as just yesterday. This is now uh, Tuesday, January 16th at 10.50 a.m. I actually just turned 40 on January 14th. And then yesterday we honored a great leader in the United States, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Um, So I thought it was very appropriate to kind of make this this next topic, even though I have a list of topics I want to cover on the podcast. This is one I said we can go ahead and and get out the way because it's pretty relevant for right now what's going on today. Um, And kind of just talking about Dr. Martin Luther King, what I noticed this year is that a lot of people have been doing their research, which I am so excited about because that means people are taking the time out to learn for themselves history and understand the facts of what of what really has happened in America or what's happened in the United States. That's a great thing. I think knowledge is just so powerful for everyone. So it's very important that we do that. But I noticed that a lot of different quotes have changed from, you know, the typical I have a dream dream speech which was so powerful and so life changing for so many of us. But it changed to really what was um Dr. King's um, message as before he was actually uh, murdered um, and that was really more about economics and economics is important for every single culture no matter who you are if you're black uh, white Mexican Hispanic whatever you are it's really important across all realms and he really began to discuss about how some men are really created to pull themselves up by their bootstraps while others were given assistance to really get themselves to the next level. And so, you know, if you listen to my podcast before, you heard me talk about the wage gap, how the wage gap between white households and black households is the same amount of years as slavery is right now. That didn't just happen. That's not just based off of people just lazy and not working because it's a lot of us who are busting our butts every day to make a living. And if we not getting the same wages or whatever the case, that that actually um, constitutes to the wage gap. So it's, it's really interesting to see that a lot of people, or it's really exciting to see a lot of people have took the time to learn more about Dr. King beyond the I have a dream streets. So that means that America is definitely starting to change. And um, even though the times that we're going through right now may be difficult, I can tell you that the mass majority of people are really, really, really paying attention and really want to start making real changes in America. So I, I, so I really can see it happening. Even though it's not happening yet, the conversation has to start before any changes come. So people are forcing the uncomfortable conversations now, which will begin to lead to change. Now, how long this process will take, I don't know, but you can't let up because if you let up, then we'll continue down the same path. And that is not a good path. So one quote that I always think about or that I heard someone say one day, and I was like, that is so true. And I know it was like a governor or a mayor who really did a lot of major changes in his city. And a lot of people thought it wouldn't pay off um, greatly. And I, I keep trying to find that story, but I cannot find that story 
story that saved my life because it's such a powerful story. He basically said, when everybody does good, everybody does good. And he went through and he changed the minimum wage in his city to be a living wage. And everybody complained about how this was not going to work and, oh, and it was going to be horrible. But after a year or so, everything became so profitable and everybody's doing so well because you have those things. Now everybody's doing good. Everybody does good. So we're going to take a quick short break and we're going to get more into who should be the next president of the United States or what should that president actually um, knowledge base be? Because um, there's a lot of theories out there. So let's get into this right after this short break. Okay, so now we're back and we're right into who should be the next leader of the United States. Well, I think that whoever that leader is, they're definitely going to have to energize um, a lot of the base. And that could be the millennials who really want progression and change because their lives are totally different than the baby boomers and um, Generation X. They're dealing with a lot of different things that, that, that we just, quite frankly, did not have to deal with. The cost of home ownership, the cost of raising kids, the cost of education, um, and then the wages are just not keeping up with what really is um, the cost of living today. So that is a huge, huge concern. Um, and now they're getting back to having to fight for their social rights, which is just mind-boggling to me in 2018 that we're really starting to deal with social issues again. But that's why you can tell that it depends on who is leading, how that can energize the wrong things in the country. Um, but I think what we have to put into perspective is that this next leader is really, really going to have to really work on foreign relations to probably the 10th degree that we've never seen it been done before. Um, I don't think a lot of people are really paying attention to that globally America is starting to look um, very bad. Um, and we are in a global economy. When you start talking about money, we're talking about real money or big money, many things, most things run on a global scale. Um, <laughs> we're not, you know, so we can't just remove the globe out of us, like running our country. And with all those, all the things that are happening, I'm really concerned about our foreign relations and how once a new leader comes into play, if we get a new leader, because if things don't change or if, if the base doesn't get motivated properly, it's quite frankly that we may end up with the same president again. Um, so people really have to um, truly, truly take it, take this seriously and get out there and um, vote um, and ensure that um, they, they are already registered. Um, and even before we get into the next presidential election, because everybody's focused on the president, this middle midterm elections, which is getting ready to happen this November, is so critical to the country. Your local officials, um, a lot of local officials are going to seats going to be up for grab in everywhere. A lot of state official seats are going to be up for grab. This is going to be so critical to your day-to-day -day lives. I think a lot of the policies, a lot of policies that the president is making, the current president is making, 
people are not going to feel the effect of until four years from now or years from now. We're still kind of getting through the Obama presidency policies that are coming to an end now. So um, you're seeing the results of those. We don't know what the results of the new policies that are coming into play are going to actually do as of yet. It's always a it's always a cause and effect. It takes time for you to even see what the results are. So but the people who are sitting usually at the head when the results come in always take, you know, credit for it, but that's not the case, guys. We have not seen what these policies are going to do yet. So don't get it confused. We'll find out. Um but as far as the next leader, I think they're gonna have to definitely be able to motivate a lot of bases that are unmotivated right now or they feel like um politics is the same on any side doesn't matter what side you're on um a lot of people feel like they're just not being heard or everybody's just the same so they're really gonna have to be able to talk to those people and then they're gonna have to have a strong team like we've never seen before um i think the america the country is going to be in a state of having to rebuild majorly um, and so we're going to have to really have a strong team that can really, really interact some major change and pretty quickly to come back from what we will possibly face um, in the future if things continue as they are. Um, so, it, so it'll be interesting. Next, we're going to go into is Oprah the next candidate? Is she the right person to do it or is it someone else that we need to make sure that has a strong political background? Or how does that look? And I think it's so many people who are starting to throw their names out there or kind of like hint that they're possibly going to run for office. So we're going to have to see how this all works out. I'll be right back after this break. Yes, I am back. After a short break, I do apologize for that. But let's go into the midterm elections just so you guys understand what's happening this year. November 6th is when we vote. Tuesday, November 6th, 2018. Um, and how detrimental this is to the country. Um, all 435 seats in the United States House of Representatives. 33 of the 100 seats in the United States Senate. 39 state and territorial governorships. Um, and other state local elections will be considered on November 6th of this year. And if you pay attention to politics or started paying attention to it, you understand that, yeah, we may have a president sitting at the head, but a lot of it's also determined, well, most of it's determined by what the Senate and the House votes on. <laughs> so we got to have the right people in those seats. If you're not liking the legislation that you see coming out of there, if you feel like um, whatever your views is, you feel like it's too much corporate you know, ties to government or if you feel like it's not enough, you know, you really need to figure out where do you stand and you need to register, you need to vote. I don't care what your opinion is, but you need to get out there and you need to vote. Not voting gives you no right to say anything. You can't complain about anything if you're not at least taking the first step in voting on what you believe to be right or wrong. Um, so a lot of a lot of things happen just because people didn't vote. You know, um, you see that with the Alabama election, a lot of people went out there and voted this time that probably didn't vote or never voted in their lives just to ensure that the right thing happens for the country or for that state, sorry, for the state. Um, and, and, and I think the base that uh, everybody always talks about, they always talk about the base that the president has and the base that he's, 
you know, um, fired up and they see no wrong or no right in him. And I'm, and I always kind of say, well, I understand their frustrations because I'm a black American, African American woman, whatever you, you know, want to say black African American doesn't matter to me. Um, um, it is, I understand those frustrations probably to no end. But I think when it comes to African-Americans and Blacks, somehow we have the, um, I don't know what we call it, compassion or the understanding not to put everybody at risk because we're so frustrated. For some reason, we still have the the will to say we want to do good by everybody regardless if good is not being done to us. I'm not going to say it's right or wrong because we are suffering greatly as a base in a culture in the United States when you talk about a wealth gap that is the same amount of years of slavery which is over five centuries that's that's a huge wealth gap that's not that's not something you can just come up and say oh it's the same now like somebody's going to have to make sure some wealth gets uh, redistributed evenly that that is affecting my family whether we're doing good right now or not because my great-grandparents or my great-grandparents really couldn't buy or own houses where they wanted to or couldn't even buy houses at all. Like, it's that affects me today. Um, so that that is a problem, you know. But I don't think we ever went to that issue or go through our issues and everything that has happened or continues to happen. And we say, oh, forget everybody. And I think that's where it becomes dangerous when you get just about, Oh, but we're all a country. We have everything in this country. You know, I think, yes, we have to definitely advocate and get the things we need in place to make sure we make things even. But we also need, what is it? I got to look up that quote that says, um, take care of yourself, but do no harm to no one. And you have it's something similar to that. I know I didn't say it quite right, but you got to make sure that you're not doing harm to anybody else. And I think that's where we have gotten away from in this country. So now we're going to really get into should Oprah be the one that runs the runs the president, be the next president of the United States, or should it be somebody else? The only thing I know is there's going to have to be somebody that can motivate the base. You know, we're talking about all the frustrated people because there's a lot of frustrated people who are just like, everything seems the same. Doesn't matter if it's Democrat or Republican, why should I vote? And that's where you have an issue at. People don't feel like their vote matters but i'm gonna tell you your vote definitely matters um whether you're um looking at it president or local and like i said these midterms can't be um forgotten so we'll be right back after this break so let's look at let's talk about let's get into the next leader definitely um right now okay so let's look at the top 15 democratic president candidates for 2020 um, they, this was by Washington Post. Um, they posted this on December 22nd, 2017. So let's see who they're stating are the top 15. Dwayne Johnson, which is The Rock. He's number 15. Virginia Governor Terry, um, Mc, I'm gonna mess up his last name. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. Um, number 13 is former Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz. Former Massachusetts Governor DeVale Patrick. Oprah Winfrey's number 11. Number 10 is New York Governor Andre M. Cuomo. Number 9 is Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown. Number 8 is California Governor Jerry Brown. Jerry Brown. Number 7 is Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy. 
Number six is New Jersey Senator Cory Booker. Number five is California Senator um, Camille D. D. Harris. Camilla D. Harris. Number four is New York Senator Kristen Gillibrand. Number three is Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren. Number two is former Vice President Joe Biden. Number one is Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. So that's by the Washington Post, who's the top 15 Democratic candidates. Um, so you see we have some celebs in there, a couple celebs um, without any um, political, you know, uh, background. And then, of course, we have, um, <clears throat> you know, your senators and your governors who possibly could run. I've heard some other people, but I didn't see their name on the list. So that's kind of good. That's an interesting list. Um, now I'm going to pull the Republicans because I believe we should always talk about both sides of the party. Um, and, and see who's, what they're saying. So this is Newsweek. Let's see who they say. They have the top 10 on Newsweek. So let's see who they're talking about. Senator, um, Bob Corker of Tennessee. Carly Friano, she's a businesswoman. Um, Ohio Governor John Kasich. Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska. New Mexico Governor Susanna Martinez. That would be very interesting <laughs> if that happened. Senator Ted Cruz, which I, you know, I think I've heard his name out there. Mitt Romney, they have on here. Mark Cuban, which I've seen he's been throwing his name in there. I really think he may run. Um, Vice President Mike Pence. And that was it. I think I said 10 names. So that's on the Republican side. So let's really think about this. Right now we have someone in office who doesn't have any political background. I think a lot of people said they went for him because of his business um, ethics like his business mind and they felt like we need a businessman that was ahead of leadership. But we have to remember that not all businessmen are good business. And then did that businessman really create business by himself? Cause everybody know he had seed money from his dad and that's truly how he took off. But he has like, I think somebody read how many lawsuits he has and how many times he has filed bankruptcy. I wouldn't say that's a good businessman. So I don't know if we, like, I don't think people really did their research and they said, oh, well, we chose him because he's a good businessman. That kind of didn't make sense to me. I think it was like 4,000. It was a ridiculous number of lawsuits, a ridiculous number of times to fill bankruptcy, which is, you know, really interesting. And then a lot of people talk about he won't show his tax returns. To me, he's definitely learned how to work the system to ensure that he's able to sustain his wealth. But as far as like making sure things are fair or being sure that the country is ran properly, I don't think that that is his aptitude. So when we start looking at, let's look at a business person to ensure that we get on the other end of maybe economics. I think that's why people were like, we need a business person. We got to make sure that person is a good business person. Like, or have they really built a business that is very profitable based off of what they, you know, have they experienced a lot of things in life? Because sometimes I think people just don't understand what they don't understand. You know, you can tell people that it's hard out here, out here for me because I'm an African-American woman. But if they're not an African-American black woman, they may think that your life is just like theirs and that you have the same opportunity as them. And that's just not true. But some people just can't understand what they have not experienced. They can't believe that that is the case. So we'll be right back after this short break. 
Now we're back. So you definitely have to have a person that has had a diverse, I think, experience in their life. Because then that, because empathy and compassion needs to be in a leader, especially a leader of the United States. The United States is just not all white. It's not all black. It's not all Mexican. It's not all Hispanic. The reason why this country is kind of considered great is because it's supposed to be the place where people can come and truly live out their dreams. Um, I think the ideal is there, but the reality is not there. And I took that from D.L. Hewley. He he was on a um, on a Breakfast Club recently, and he talked about how America really has the ideal out there of being this or being that, but the reality of it is totally different. So what we're trying to do is really narrow that gap between ideal and reality. So we have to get the right leaders in place to really make that happen accountability is just missing across the board you know you can't hold one person accountable because they're black for something and then because a person is white not hold them accountable that happens no matter what if you're talking about a police officer you're talking about a president candidate you're talking about a senator candidate you talk about so for some reason when it becomes a color when you throw in color and you look at different spectrums of things um and in lawsuits or whatever you really when you factor in color the numbers change but when you don't factor in color the numbers are the same so it's weird you know so you can't say this bias doesn't exist it does exist you can look up numbers you can look up data i'm not going to really get that deep into it because it's out there either you want to understand that it exists or you just in such denial that you just don't want to believe that it exists but it does um and so when you think about that, you have to have a person that understands that our country is a melting pot. And what makes our country be great is the melting pot. And that means everybody should have the same opportunity. So once you really get to that point, and how do you really get to that? I don't know if that's a possibility to even get to that because you got to think about it. we have 500 years of history plus years of history or hundreds, you know, way over that. But I'm thinking about maybe African American how much oppression has happened over those years and you begin to say okay well is there really ever a point where we get to that fairness or you know if it's never there then you know you just build things that can go along with what's happening in society so we can make sure that we do have some type of protection or whatever or advocation that's happening constantly because i don't know if you can really make america really get to that that fairness that everybody says is out there i don't think it's really going to happen until you become to where until a leader comes in place and say look we're holding you accountable we don't care who you are like you're getting held accountable it's the end of the day doesn't matter i just don't see that happening um, so that's just me though, but it could, you never know, but I really don't see that happening now with all the history and everything that happens out there. Um, so when you think about a leader, I think for us, we really have to make sure that one, that person has different experiences, you know, may have been poor, have really had to build from nothing. Um, if you're thinking about a business person, they really need to be able to understand, you know, poor and being rich. And I just think that anybody can do it because that's not the case. Now, with all the bias that's in America. So stop. So we got to stop. Like that person can't have that type of mindset. As well as um, if we think about political, I think they're going to have to be a person that can energize the base, you know, but have a huge political background that can transcend through all parties. We really need like a lot of people are choosing have chosen party over country. 
and it really should be country over party. And that's what has happened, you know. So a lot of people are like, I am a hardcore Republican. I'm a hardcore Democrat. And we're going to go with this candidate no matter what. And at this point, I'm like, I just want a person that's going to do right by the country. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Like, who is really going to be concerned and truly begin to put this country back in the right place? That is the thing that, you know, I think for me is going to speak volumes. Um... You know, and, and, and the tendency is most of the time why I think a lot of people do switch to Democrats, Democrats, Democrats is because they really do most of the time have policies that do help people. Not to say they're perfect because they have a lot of policies that hurt us, too. But when you when you compare the two, you sometimes really kind of vote for the D over the R if you're really concerned about people. Um, so we'll be right back after this break. Now we're back. So I think that's going to be probably my biggest thing I'm going to be looking for. Like, are you really concerned about the whole country? Everybody that's in the country, not your base, not your political party, not your, you know, like everyone. Because if you're a leader of a country, it includes everyone. You have to be concerned about everyone. I don't even understand where that, how we got lost on that whole spectrum um and then just the whole global things and things that the united states is just not involved in right now um with climate change and a lot of other initiatives that are going on a global scale that means we're going to be coming to the table at the very late end um and very behind the when we should be leading the way and i always go back to thinking about that family um that Bill and I discussed or in his show, um, if you haven't caught this on Netflix, but kind of go back and watch his show. He has some points I don't agree with everything he says, but some things I definitely agree with or, you know, listen to. He has a lot of knowledge. But um, he talked about how the typical American family, I think they were comparing like families of the same size or American family being a smaller size and being a different country and having a bigger size that we use more energy, you know, um, which... It's true. We're a little spoiled. So for us not to be leading the charge on climate change, that's a real problem. And I'm like, wow, we're getting ready to approach the hottest decade recorded, you know, in modern times. And that we've done that. Like people, like every single person that's listening to this and myself have to say we have caused this to come to play. So really, what are we leaving our kids with, you know? And what is truly happening. So we, we have to begin to hold ourselves accountable. Like I said, accountable is missing everywhere. Accountability is just missing everywhere. But back to the leaders, because that's a whole other topic in itself. But that's just but that just shows you how now we're gonna be behind on that. And that's why it's so important we put the right person at the helm of everything. Um, because that's gonna affect if you have kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews you know, kids that you care about, they're going to be dealing with what's happening in the world because we have not took care of planet Earth. Um, and that's that's a, that's a very scary thing um, for me if you really read what's the possibility of what could happen. Or people really don't know what's going to happen, to be honest, because we just haven't seen it. Like, we don't know what could happen, to be truthfully honest. Um, and, I, and I just think it's very important that we really register to vote number one ensure that we're really doing our research on our candidates like i kind of talked out with started off with mlk 
and how I noticed everybody's changing their um, basic quotes and really pulling some quotes from and having like really um, thought provoking conversations around Dr. King and what he did for the country um, and the government was found guilty of murdering him um, but they really have like this shows me that people out there they're researching they're pulling information they want to understand what really is happening so that so that tells me that you're going to start being informed voters which is important which is how we get good leaders which is how we get to the point of take care of everybody in the pot and then you know then the people that's in the pot will start taking care of themselves too because the pot is kind of stared up it's messed up it is what it is i think you can have strong organizations education systems um social um organizations that can that can stand alone in that can be in the pot as well to help make sure the advocation happens when it needs to happen for the different um ethnic groups in our society so i think you know that in play works along in tangent with having a strong leader that's at the helm that says hey we gotta look at everybody so i think that's how we get to that point i know that one quote that i love by dr king before we go on break and i thought it was just so powerful and um a lot of people need to really research his economics talk because he's a professor um, a lot of people know he was a preacher and he was a great speech writer, but he was a professor and he really began to study economics. Um, I never intended to adjust myself to economic conditions that will take necessities from the many to give luxuries to the few. And that's such a powerful quote for today because we all know that the top one or two percent or whatever they say, you know, in the country is why so many people are in poverty and poor. So we'll be right back after this break. So the big thing is I want to encourage you to do your research. Whatever your views is, whatever your beliefs are, do your research, register yourself, and vote. Um, when you choose a candidate, really look at their background. Really, really take a look and see what they truly have done, what they represent, what have they, you know, what their values are overall. Because it's not just me in the world. It's not just you in the world. So I think that's, or in the United States, sorry, not the world, but just in the United States. I think that's when we get into, unfortunately, racism exists. I don't know if it ever go away. It's how kind of our country was built on. Bias will always exist. Social issues will always exist. They just became behind the scenes instead of in front of the scenes. That's why it was so easy to kind of put them back to the forefront again. Um, it wasn't that hard to bring it back up front because it never went away. That's just the reality of it. I know I just seen a video too that um, kind of mentioned is millennials woke and they were talking about how much racism still even exists in the millennium base. And I'm like, well, I don't think it would go away. We never really addressed the issue in America. Like we've never really had any accountability when it comes to racism as of yet. Besides the fact that we change laws and say, hey, you got to treat people fairly. But those laws are not really being held accountable. You know, they're just there kind of, you know, some a lot of people are getting away with doing whatever. It's just a fact, you know, so it kind of is not going to change something where you're not really addressing it. Um, so, of course, it's just passing down from generation to generation. I think they were showing a percentage. It's still a small percentage to me of the United States. It's not a, a huge amount. It's outright with it. So, I'll say, I think it was like 27 or 26% or something that they were saying. Um, 
were still in that category and um and I'm like well and I think they people were shocked that it was still the same and I'm like but we haven't did anything truly to change it like only thing we did was like oh segregation happened we're here but you got to remember these are all mindsets for generations people are raising their kids people are still going to raise the kids the way they want to until they until they get some type of consequence it's kind of like I like to talk about this it's kind of like if you say you tell a kid you know everybody's if you raise a child or if you've been around kids you always have the the scenario of the hot stove you can tell one child don't touch the hot stove because it's hot and they're not gonna touch it they're gonna listen to their parent and they're gonna be like nah, i'm not touching the hot stove my mom told me it's hot yeah the other kid who's gonna probably touch the stove once get burnt and be like oh it was hot because they didn't believe you <laughs> and they gonna touch it anyway then you have the third kid who you know probably gonna do it multiple times it may get burnt again 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 and just say hey you know i kind of like the pain or whatever who knows but you know everybody has their own mindset and their own think thought process and so when you um are really looking at different things you got to understand that everybody processes things differently and people are taught certain things from their parents and and sometimes they may say that's not how I should think. But sometimes, or most times, we are human beings, which means we react to the environment we're in. Some of us definitely have the ability. All of us have the ability within us to do something different than what our environment dictates. But the majority of us are human beings. And so we take in our environment and we react to our environment. And that's the majority of human beings. Yes, it's a percentage of us who can definitely say, well, I'm in this environment. I'm going to choose to do the opposite. But all of us are not that way. The hot stove is a good scenario of everybody is different. So we have to really take that into consideration. What I want to encourage you to do is really, really, really do your research. Register. I don't care what your views are, who you know, what you believe in. I don't, I really don't, it doesn't matter. But you need to vote. It's your right for us. Many people die for us to give us the right to vote. Um... And then for others, it, you know, they always had the right to stop utilizing or they are utilizing it. But register, get registered and vote, guys. It's very important um, that you do this. Now, I do want to play a snippet about um, one actor who talked about America and if, are we really truly a great uh, nation right now. And then um, just kind of talk a little bit more about the next leaders after this break. So now I'm going to go ahead and play the clip clip from real McAvoy uh, where he answered the question about is America the greatest country in the world what about the people why is it America not the greatest, greatest country in the world professor that's my answer you're saying yes let's talk about fine the Sharon the NEA is a loser yeah it accounts for a penny out of our paycheck but he gets to hit you with it anytime he wants it doesn't cost money it costs votes it costs airtime and column inches you know why people don't like liberals because they lose if liberals are so fucking smart how come they lose so goddamn always hey and with a straight face you're gonna tell students that america is so star-spangled awesome that we're the only ones in the world who have freedom canada has freedom japan has freedom 
the UK, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, Australia, Belgium has freedom. So 207 sovereign states in the world, like 180 of them have freedom. All right. And yet you, uh, sorority girl, just in case you accidentally wander into a voting booth one day, there's some things you should know. One of them is there is absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're seventh in literacy, 27th in math, 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, third in median household income, number four in labor force and number four in exports. We lead the world in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending, where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 of whom are allies. Now, none of this is the fault of a 20-year-old college student, but you nonetheless are, without a doubt, a member of the worst period, generation period ever, period. So when you ask what makes us the greatest country in the world, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yosemite? Sure used to be. We stood up for what was right. We fought for moral reasons. We passed laws, struck down laws for moral reasons. We waged wars on poverty, not poor people. We sacrificed. We cared about our neighbors. We put our money where our mouths were, and we never beat our chest. We built great big things, made ungodly technological advances, explored the universe, cured diseases, and we cultivated the world's greatest artists and the world's greatest economy we reached for the stars acted like men we aspired to intelligence we didn't belittle it it didn't make us feel inferior we didn't identify ourselves by who we voted for in the last election and we didn't we didn't scare so easy all these things and do all these things because we were informed by great men men who were revered first step in solving any problem is recognizing there is one America is not the greatest country in the world anymore hopefully that gets you thinking when i first seen that clip i was like whoa somebody finally breaks it down as to why we're not um anymore and i think or if we ever was i think we were a growing country always we were always attempting to get better and we were looking for progression always i think that's what happened i think we stopped looking for progression and so I think we kind of thought we made it to something, but we really had not. <laughs> and so I think that's where, if you look at cultures, different cultures in America, America as a whole, it's kind of where, that's just kind of what happened. That's why you have um, Bernie Sanders' base is called the progressives, because we just kind of like, oh, we're good, but we really not. This again goes back to that ideal and the reality of where we are. So hopefully that clip, look it up, is real Real Will McAvoy, um, he was asked a question: America is not is America the greatest country in the world? The um, one I was looking at was published in June two thousand thirteen, but I'm pretty sure if you Google it or whatever, it comes up because a lot of people have shared it. It went viral every time something happens. I noticed this clip comes back up. 
you know, but it's an old clip, actually. So I'll be right back after this short break. So I challenge you still to go look up that clip, listen to it, and really think. Think about who you're when you register, who you're going to vote for. Do your research, you know, based off of your views, whatever you believe in, you know, and try to think of something more than outside yourself. Because I think what we get confused at is that they are leading the nation, which includes a melting pot of everybody. So what is the best case scenario for that? For our nation to begin to make progress again, you know, because we do have a lot of things that we're facing as a nation. Food deserts is a big thing. The homelessness is on the rise. Poverty is on the rise. The middle class is disappearing. You can't keep um, thinking that trying to just have one person that focuses on one um, demographic or anything it's going to work that as a leader of a great nation. They have to be able to look at all scenarios and all cases and be able to advocate for it, those individually because at the end of the day, each demographic faces something different. So it's not really a one um oh, a one case fit all scenario either. You do have to have advocation and policies that truly attack certain things and that have accountability against them. We know that our criminal justice system needs to be reformed. It is like from the inside out, totally, totally jacked up, you know, and it's, it's, it's sad to understand that we're where we are. But then sometimes I just like, okay, when I learn a lot of different things and I look at things, I'm like, I wonder, was it, we're supposed to be here? Like it may be the grand design is that we are supposed to be dealing with all of this, and it really was never meant to be, you know, a great nation. I don't know. You know, that's something that's still to be debatable and decided. But as far as the next new leader, I think it's going to have, if it does end up being, because of course the nation is going to decide who it is. If it does end up being a person with no political background again, I hope we choose a leader that at least puts a team of experts behind them that does have that political background. You know, if you're a business owner entrepreneur one thing you know is you hire people who are strong in areas where you are weak that way you really have that great team of experts that you can go to um and it balances out and you can move things forward i think you know as long as that person has that mindset and and not just hire my friend but hire that person that's truly qualified for that job we're gonna be okay again i still think we're gonna be okay um, at the end of the day, as long as we don't continue to piss off Kim Jong-un because he really doesn't care. Um, but I think we'll still be okay at the end of the day. It will even get through this administration and this leadership and whatever comes out of it. I think, you know, America will be okay. Um, now I don't know if we'll have, you know, the opportunity to really have a, a huge base. You know, I'm kind of, I'm wondering what's going to happen, what's going to take place. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see how this whole next election cycle runs. Um, and I hope that the Democrats truly have a better game plan aligned because the last game plan was not the route they should have went at all. And I think it really caused them, um, them to like, 
lose the election because I don't think they took it serious enough to realize that we really are dealing with a different type of nation right now. People are just not going to vote um, because it's um, because they because they because of the other candidate that they're scared of. They really want to feel like they're voting for somebody they can believe in too. So I think um, hopefully the Democrats really got that message from the late the late the last loss. And if it's a Republican again, that um that we get a good one that can understand that it's everybody, and you want to put the experts around you so that you can make sure things continue or start to progress. Um, and whoever the next leadership team is, I feel for them because they have a huge they're gonna have a huge cleanup to do, humongous. And I hope America understands that. They that that they understand that we understand that it's a huge cleanup ahead of us. Now I'll be right back with this short break to go ahead and end out our podcast. Okay, so I'm back. So again, do your research, 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 research. Pick the candidate you think best represents all of America. Is what I'll say. Um. And hope we have a good team that can come in and do some uh, damage control. Because it's going to be some major damage control that's going to have to get done. Um, not even damage control, but just major, major um, changes that are going to have to happen to get us back to the area of progressing. Um, and, you know, I'm in this country, so I want to see it do well at the end of the day. Um, as well as all people do well. That's just me. That's just who I am. You know, I understand that. But I do also understand that certain things have to be handled separately because putting it all into the same boat, because of the bias and racism that, that, that exists, we get to a 50-something year wealth gap. Can't put it all in the same boat. It's not working. So, um, that that's just something that I understand. I've lived it. So, I understand it tremendously now if you want to get in contact with me you want to follow me on social media everything is i am ronique m west on um instagram and then also you can email me at i am ronique m west at gmail.com and i will talk to you guys later hopefully whenever you listen to this podcast you're having a great morning great evening or great night and a prosperous prosperous day in work week or business week And I will talk to you guys later. Remember, my podcast airs every two weeks. So we'll be back with the next topic in two weeks. And I will talk to you guys soon. Have a great one.